Sup, bitches. Welcome to the Sutech pod- podcast. The Sucast is The Sucast. Oh, yeah. I'm Harvey, and this is my hetero life partner, Finn. Hello, guys, and hello, Harvey. Uh, hello. Joining us today, unfortunately, we don't really have any guests. I'd like to say this is because we decided that we could just accomplish more by ourselves, but it's really just because we are far too lazy. That, that's long and short of it, I have to say. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we tentatively tentatively talked to people about maybe coming on, but didn't actually bother arranging anything. Look, so, sitting in our studio, we still have Al, as always, the the man with the screen and the plan. Um, and we also have Lauren, who will be sitting and occasionally waving at us, maybe piping one or two words. Say hi to the nice people, Lauren. Hi, everybody. That was Lauren, guys. Okay, so we don't really have that much to talk about today, but we'll try and keep it entertaining and informative as always, for given values of both those words. But So I think we're going to start today with webcomics. Yes, this is our topic of the week. Um, maybe one of the more divisive things about online culture, like, you know, um, certain webcomics develop rabid fan bases... And just as vocal anti-fan bases, you might say. It's true. Not to mention the fact that, honestly, the vast majority of webcomics out there aren't worth the you know megabytes that they use. Um, they tend to have very little, you know, much in the way of artistic value or good writing, mm. or good characterization, or good plot. Yeah, uh, some are embarrassingly terrible. Like it, it, it. It's kind of an insult to call some webcomics bad because the bad webcomics are so much better than those incredibly awful webcomics. It was insulting. So when you're a, you know, a webcomic reader, you really got to just wade through a sea of furry porn to get to the good ones. Fortunately, the really good ones tend to be quite well-known and popular, so you don't have to look very hard to find them. Which, I guess, if you're going to talk about that, we should talk about Penny Arcade. Yep, Penny Arcade, um, possibly the first really big webcomic, and maybe the... The one that every webcomic wants to be, really. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I'm surprised the, the writers don't just, like, sit on piles of money. Well, okay, maybe not quite piles of money, but figuratively piles of money compared to the rest of the webcomic industry. Well, they kind of do a bit. I mean, it was the first webcomic, I think, to you know develop this whole self-supporting business around it, merchandise, and now they've got their massive charity. Child's Play. Child's Play, which everyone loves. I've never donate, donated anything to it personally, but I do like to watch their Child's Play videos and you know nod appreciatively at all the good work they're doing and think. For Harvey, that's yeah. high praise. Really high praise. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Now, what, what is it about Penny Arcade that makes it great? As well, I think one of the really important things is that they update quite rigorously. Um, if if they, they update Monday, Wednesday, and Friday... I'm not kidding. They update Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And if they don't, they have a good reason for it, and they post that reason. Whereas, you know, a lot of other webcomics, like VG Cats or others, will just sort of go, Oh, sorry, guys, uh, not updating. And then they'll try and make a self-referential joke out of it. Except it kind of falls flat, whereas Penny Arcade puts out quality material on a regular basis. Yeah, but I don't think it's quite accounted for by, you know, the frequency of updates alone. Like, if you had three VG Cats a week and one Penny Arcade every month, Penny Arcade would still be better because VG Cats is usually embarrassingly not funny. That's not true. I think some VG Cats is funny. But yeah, Penny Arcade, I think, 
is really well written. The art's good. The art's gotten um, significantly better since it was since it first came out. Well, I, yeah, it's gotten significantly better. I think the, the good thing about it is purely that um, Gabe and Tyker, the writers of Penny Arcade, know how to write a comic. Yeah. Like, know the best way to write a comic. Like, you keep it succinct and punchy with the writing, set up the joke, you know, punchline in the last panel. Sometimes there's the odd, you know, punchline in the second panel and then the third. They kind of lean extend on the joke it. a bit more and extend it. But they're it good at that, unlike, that. say, Control or Delete. Yeah, where they just keep... They just keep going. Like, the, the joke's done in the second panel and then Sometimes there's Sometimes panel one. Yeah, <laughs> and there's just five panels of useless talking. And then someone randomly gets stabbed or something. Yay! Or called a douche. Because as we all know, random violence and cursing is funny. Yeah. Yeah, um, I would say Control or Delete is possibly the worst... Thing on the internet, it like it, I don't know. Control luckily did give us the miscarriage comic, which is comedy gold. I'd yes, have to say unintentionally. For those of you who don't know, there was a story arc where the sort of the crazy flaky gamer character Ethan and his girlfriend, whose name I've completely forgotten. Yeah, the Mary Sue of the web comic, who's crazy and wacky out there, but always manages to get everything right. Anyway, he he accidentally gets his girlfriend pregnant. And so, you know, she's pregnant, but then she just out of the blue miscarriages. And then there's this, you know, single comic where, um, where, where there's no speech bubbles. And at the end, it's just him standing over his wife who's cuddled up and crying. And it, it, it was supposed to be very serious and touching, but just came off as overwrought and ridiculous. It, it was very powerful and touching, I found. I, I think that was the run redeeming comic in the whole series. I'm fucking with you. It's terrible. <laughs> Thank no, Christ. Um, the side, I think it was a Side Night and Happiness parody showed just how ridiculous it is by I've seen, parodying it. I've seen a TF2 Macanema <laughs> parody of it, which managed to be a lot more touching and memorable. No, the Side Night and Happiness one, right? The first... The way it parodied it, parodied it was it had the first four panels of the comic exactly the same, and then it cut to taking the um, incredibly self-righteous blog post that the, the author put up on the day of the comic, and just having the character spout that <laughs> after the silent panels. Excellent. So, the best way, it was so bad that the best way to parody it, parody it was to just word for word reproduce <laughs> what was on the website. Yeah, the the author of Control or Delete, I can't remember his name. Um, he's incredibly defensive of Control or Delete and can't take any criticism. And um, he gets quite a bit of it. There's a rabid hate them for Control or Delete. And you know the sort of the jokes we're making about it are absolutely nothing. There are people who consider the existence of this thing a personal insult. Yeah, I mean it's so terrible that it's an. As I said, it's an insult to other bad webcomics to say that Control-Alt-Delete is merely bad. Like, to say Control-Alt-Delete is bad is kind of an insult to, to say XKCD question or questionable or content. questionable content, because it puts them on the same level. Actually, let's talk about those two for a bit. XKCD, for those of you who don't know it, is a comic about math, science, and humor. And it's a stick-figure webcomic. And I think the main problem with it is the author likes to believe he's a lot cleverer than he actually is. Yeah, um, there's a lot of, you know, over-the-top science 
physics, math jerks and stuff, which I, I think even when you understand what's behind it, it's really not that funny. It's true. The ones that are more annoying than that for me are the sex and relationship ones he makes. Those are incredibly pretentious. Yeah, pretentious and cloyingly over-sentimental and lame. It's excruciating to look at. And the most annoying thing for me is that maybe one out of ten XKCDs, or maybe a bit less than that, but there is the odd one which is really, really good. Like, there are some which are really funny. There was one recently uh, about Soren sitting in a bar and he's sort of complaining about how everyone else gets these really cool races like elves and dwarves and men and then he's stuck with these ugly orcs. In the background, Single Ladies was playing and he has a line, if you like it, then he should have put a ring on it. And a realization comes to him. And I see, like, that sort of thing is quite amusing. But just, yeah, a lot of them are really full flat. Like, the one about how there's just a world map and he's, it's like called This Bothers Me or something, and it sort of points out how the way East and West is considered geographically is different from how America seems to point out East and West. Yeah. Or how he considers personal East and West. And that, that's not funny. It's just a weird observation. And uh- and then there's the graph ones, which are like, you look at them and think, oh, I guess that's true. But yeah. you don't laugh. But still, like the relationship ones. There's one, which is just a picture of two people holding hands with written underneath, we're just two people who found each other. What the, f- what the <laughs> shit is that? <laughs> wow. It's like one of those weird picture... You know, it's one of those weird picture books where they have animals and they're trying to tell you about happiness or relationships yeah. and things. It, it could have been written it was stick figures. for and by a 12-year-old girl, I think. Maybe it was. Anyway, and yeah, another example of a pretty bad one, which I kind of tend to read a bit because it's weirdly addictive in a way, like the, the, gr- the, the groan you have at the end of each one. Um, is questionable content, yes, questionable which is content. similar in a sense in that a lot of the humor is incredibly, you know, in crowd, um, obscure hipster music, references, yeah, music yeah. And hipster reference things, which I kind of feel good about myself forgetting. But when you understand them, they're, they're, still, they're still not still funny. Not funny. Yeah. That's the thing. In in jokes should be funny when you get them. They should be little, you know, golden nuggets for your readers. They shouldn't be this sort of thing that locks people out of the webcomic and then the people who, you know, get them sort of go, yeah, I, I can I can get what's going on, but... And then there's the... Most of the comics as well are just these ridiculously sassy, overwritten conversations between people, which are like, they seriously talk like, well, when my space geometric flow clashes with Thurston Moore from Sonic Youth, then... Xeno Clash will come, and it's just like a laundry list of obscure references wrapped around incredibly overwrought language that maybe if you thought about for, you know, 20 minutes, you'd get a sentence that was that complicated and made sense. So obviously no one's going to spout that out in real life, but that's how he writes, you know, realistic... Not to mention the relationship stuff in it is really, really offensive to men and women. I particularly remember a comic where they suggest that uh, the fantasy of shy guys everywhere is for them to be raped by a domineering woman. Wait. That are, happens. Are you saying that's not true? I, I'm saying that there's a difference between suggesting that, you know, 
I'm pretty shy, and you know, every day I wake up. I'm hoping you'll get accosted by some domineering woman. I wake and up, taken. At you know, you know, ten every morning, and go, oh great, I'm not being raped again. It must be hard being Harvey. It is. It is. But then there's just there's this weird sort of relationship between two of the main characters. I know I only got about three hundred strips in, and then I gave up. So maybe things have changed. But basically, what would happen is the lady's staying at the dude's house, and what she, and she's quite—it's quite obvious that he's attracted to her, but that's not a thing. So she basically does something to provoke a comment from him, where he'll say that she he finds her attractive, and then she'll punish him for thinking that she's attractive. How is that good at all, really? I think he has a, a very keen insight into the female psyche, personally. Yeah, no, all women are. All women are domineering and love to screw with dudes' minds. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, do you think I'm pretty? Yes, I think you're pretty. That was a trap! <laughs> now I'm going to punch you! And I'll be justified in doing so! Yes. So yeah, um, and what's the last webcomic we'd like to talk about? Yeah. Not the last webcomic, we can talk about it. Well, because we, we bitched about some webcomics. Let's talk about the ones we like. So we talked about Penny Arcade. Yeah. How about we talk about Order of the Stick? Yes. Order of the Stick. For those who don't know, Order of the Stick is the perennial role-playing webcomic. It focuses on a, sort of a party in a Dungeons and Dragons third edition universe and follows this one adventuring group that's going on a quest to save the world and all that general goodness. Yeah, I think it's good, um, but I have problems with it, especially recently. Recently? Recently, but... I, I look at Order of the Stick in two phases. Like, early on, it was, you know, this fourth wall-breaking, jokey comic where pretty much everyone was a different gag about, you know, role-playing games, game mechanics, and the funny thing is that they're aware of the game mechanics and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's used quite well for humor. I think some of them, like the, the Banjo comics, are pretty hilarious. Ah, oh, Banjo. I like them a lot. It's not as funny as it used to be now. I think a lot of the gags, like, are sort of just worked in... To I the I comic think... for the sake of having a gag. But the and, gags are good when they're there. Ah, uh, not really anymore. I mean, what's good about it now is it's got this huge narrative and stuff. Which and is like a good narrative. Form, which is a good narrative. I think often um, Rich Burlew, the writer, makes the mistake of having characters that do, you know, say excessive amounts of dialogue, which That's is a bit ridiculous. True. But I think he usually gets away with it by having characters that are different from each other like they have yes. a good sense of character voice you know there's interesting dynamics and stuff whereas you know you've got questionable content there's the shy guy and you know there's a couple of other guys that are both shy guys as well you got the womanizing cat and there's a couple other womanizing cats and then all the female characters are, are know, exactly the same variations on you know sassy one-liner dispensing um you know goth or hip goth or hipster violent Ladies. Ball breaker. Ball breakers, yes. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Lauren. That that's was an apt description. That, yeah, that's the best input so far. Yeah. Maybe we should just like make Lauren do the show. Oh, not the whole show. Just like every time we need someone to say something intelligent, we just... We just get Lauren. <laughs> that's your cue. Um, so anyway, yeah, Order of the Stick overall, I think, I think Order of the Stick follows a, a general trend in a lot of... Uh, fantasy and role-playing comics where they start out as these fourth wall breaking comments and deconstructions of the games they're parodying but then they get a plot 
and it gets a bit more serious. Goblins was a particular victim of this, where it starts out as being this crazy deconstruction of monster-adventure relationships, and then suddenly the comic relief character gets captured, tortured, and has the word monster into his forehead. And this is the character who previously attacked the dude's wang by yelling, Hark, a purple worm! That's the, and then suddenly, yes, he has the word monster carved into his forehead with a scalpel. That's the kind of shift that occurred in Goblins. It was kind of depressing. But yeah, I think unlike webcomics like that, Order of the Stick has taken this transition quite well. It was gradual enough that things weren't suddenly derailed and everyone was in shock. Overall, I'd say it's probably my favorite webcomic, Eclipsing Even Penny Arcade. But that's because Yo. I'm a role player. And so, you know, I, I do quite like a lot of the references. And they're actually funny when you get them. That's fair enough. I think if there was a um, a webcomic, like a really pretentious one about film directors and techniques and stuff like that, that might have a shot at eclipsing Penny Arcade for me. But for me, Penny Arcade is far and away the best of a, a, a bad punch. <laughs> it's true. The, the, the overall webcomics really are a bad punch. Yes. So the upshot from this whole segment is don't read webcomics. It's a trap. <laughs> it is a trap. Unless we tell you otherwise. Yeah, you can trust you us. Okay. We're legit. Yeah, um, I, I do know some people that like the Kate Beaton ones. I love Kate Beaton. Oh man, I can't believe we forgot about Kate Beaton. Kate Beaton does a webcomic called Harker Vagrant, which is a history-based webcomic. So, yes, it is very enjoyable. heavy if you don't like history, you're not going to like it. Well, there's that too. If you and do it's... like dick jokes, you will like it. That's true. See, my problem with it, maybe my sense of humor is a bit too gaggy, but it just seems to be like, take a historical situation, have a character, act not in a way that people during that historical period would act. I and don't that's know. It. I think they act in an exaggerated fashion. All right, maybe. Which is, which is good if you understand what's going on, and it falls flat if you don't. I don't know. I guess there aren't hard and fast rules with humor for the, you know, strictly speaking. No! But she doesn't... You don't say! <laughs> but she doesn't seem to be particularly good at structuring jokes, in my opinion. I, I don't... Fair laugh. enough. I no, I understand. Alright, so, moving on to our next topic. Unfortunately, we don't really have an elegant segue for this one. Not really. No. But... We are going to talk about the exciting news with Steam. Apparently, yes. Steam shall now, in the near future, be developing games for the Mac. Well, yeah, um, Steam is being re, you know, remade and calibrated for Mac, so Mac owners can play, you know, online games, the whole Valve catalog so far, um, with PC owners and like integrate like that, which should be awesome. Yes. For you know the how many Mac owners would there be in Sutek? Well, there's a few. I mean, we don't have that many. We used to have a couple of really vocal users, but they seem to have gone elsewhere. I see. Um, what, they got beaten down by... Possibly. Well, no, it's just that we have Mac users, but unlike a lot of the Mac users I tend to encounter on the internet, they're not Mac. It's it's the one true uh, user thing. Actually, yeah. we get a lot more Linux users like that in Sutech. Oh, God. Yeah. Dorkenheimers. Am I <laughs> it's right? true. <laughs> fucking Linux. Sorry, it's cool, Linux guys. We love you. Anyway, yeah, and the other big news that's coming out of that is, of course, Portal 2 has been tentatively announced for Christmas or around Christmas this year, which should be awesome. Gabe Newell, um, you know, founder and co-president of Valve, Valve. 
um, has suggested it's the best game Valve's ever made. That's a pretty big claim. That's a pretty big claim considering, you know, they're the greatest game developer of all time. I have... I've speculated whether or not they sold their soul to Satan for their gaming prowess. It, it, that would be the only explanation. It's true. I mean, we've got Half-Life 2, Team Fortress 2, the Left 4 Dead series, Portal. All really fantastic tight games. Yeah, name the bad Valve game. I, it I can't be done. Yeah, it just can't be done. I don't know, have they made any other games that we haven't mentioned? Like Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike. Day of Defeat. Yeah, I don't know Day of Defeat. Counter-Strike, you know, it's, it's a very... I guess you have to be into FPSs to really like it, but it was the... It was the shit for like five years. It was. Like the most popular FPS game of its period. So unfortunately, while this particular bit of news isn't going... Well, not necessarily the Portal 2 news, but the, the Steam for Max news isn't going to impact on either of us or anyone else, anyone in this room, I think. Yeah. Um, it's, it's good news for Mac users. It means yeah. you get to enter the 21st century, guys. Good work. Yep. Vish is pretty excited. Really? Vish yep. uses a Mac. Yeah, I know. I didn't know that. I know. I, I threw up in my mouth a little bit when I found that. Just a tad. Just it's, a tad. It's a natural reaction. But, um, yeah, so Portal 2, apparently holiday season this year, but they, you know, I think Half-Life 2 Episode 3 was meant to be <laughs> third quarter and 2008, and Ugh. that's not out yet, so they like to, you know... Hold back on actually releasing their games until you know they reach this quality standard, which is both a great thing and a bad thing. You know what I've realized in the course of this podcast? What you've picked up my habit of saying you know a lot because I've you noticed know. that I do this quite a bit unconsciously in the previous podcasts, and I I sort of wanted to have a thing where one of the other people while we're recording this bangs the table every time I say you know so that I can get out of the habit of it. But I think I think I've been doing a lot better this time. Whereas Harvey seems to have compensated for this. Well, you know, I mean I you know, like, like you, you know, know like uh... <laughs> Look, I don't I don't mean to sound like I don't mean to sound like a dick or nothing, but you talk like a fag and your shit's all retarded, Harvey. Yep. That, that's how we're getting our wit from this episode. We're quoting a movie. Quoting Idiocracy. You should watch it if you haven't seen it already. It's yes. fantastic. So yeah, um, Portal 2 coming out Steam on Mac and PC simultaneously, which will be, I think, the this first Christmas. big game release where that's going to happen. And um, Wait, coming out on, on Mac and PC or coming on Mac and PC with Steam? On Steam. Yeah, because I was going to say that, like, wasn't WoW the first game where they had simultaneous releases and it was a big deal? I thought Mac came, I thought it came out way later on Mac. No, well, maybe it was one of the expansions. I can't remember. Yeah, maybe, maybe that. So, yeah, and, um, of course, the other interesting element for me about the fact that Portal 2 and Steam are going to be, you know, coming out on Mac is that Gabe Newell, a few years ago, pretty much... Categori- uh, categoristically, categoristically, Cata- categorically, I categorically, believe is what you're searching for. Whatever, categoristically, <laughs> categoristically, making any more games for the PS3. Ever. Really? Yes. None at all whatsoever. Yeah. He said, and I quote: "The PS3 is a waste of everyone's time." Investing in the cell, investing in the SP. I think that's fancy. I don't know what that means. That's fancy. Um, Science people talk. It gives you no long-term benefits. 
There's nothing there that you're going to apply to anything else. You're not going to get anything except hatred of the architecture PS3 have created. That's I don't think harsh. they're going to make money off their box. I don't think it's a good solution. I'd say even at this late date, they should just cancel it and do a do-over. So essentially apologize for this huge mistake <laughs> they made and make a new console. Wow, that's that's really harsh. Lauren's giving us a bit of a downcast look since she only got a PS3 uh, this year. Was it this year or was it last year? Last year. That's a shame. I still haven't had the opportunity to play it. Not once. Not once. Is is this deliberate, or did you just never bother, or? I kind of feel like if I touch it, I'll break it. Well, it is an expensive piece of machinery. And yeah, this is mostly a Valve perspective. Like he hates, you know, the coding architecture and stuff that they have to make games for. And apparently, it's just more effort than they think it's worth. But I think Valve has a massive cult fan base, and so they'll pretty much. Accept anything he says. Oh yeah, well I did. Well, yeah. I'm not getting a PS3 because of Gabe Newell. Well, I'm not getting a PS3 in general, but that's because I don't have a spare few hundreds of dollars to spend on such a thing. Sweet Jesus. And also because I've become a, a latter-day Final Fantasy hater. I know, you and used yeah. to love Final Fantasy. I know, it's, it's dead to me now. They, the last few games have just been so bad. I, know, I think 10 had its charm. Yeah, maybe like if if you like it ironically, it has its charm. I don't like. I think I think the I think the leveling system in Final Fantasy X worked quite nicely. Maybe since our last podcast, we've literally been inundated with an email up to our waist with an email. Yeah, there's been a a deluge of a single piece of feedback. About the podcast, slash Viagra. I found that quite informative, Yeah, actually. the review itself, plus it's, it, it wasn't really a patch on Marissa's one, so we're not going to read it out today. Exactly. I mean, I, I think I'm already well equipped in that area. Like, I don't think my, my junk needs to be much bigger. No, what are we not, It's not a question about needs, Harley. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I could, I could bump it up to a full nine inches with this product. All right, let's undelete that email. From the good people at growyourdicklarger.com. <laughs> in yeah, any man. case. Yeah, since then, um, so that's the, the piece of correspondence we've received. Um, so yeah, if you would like to write in to the Sutech podcast. Okay, so you can reply to our um, podcast posts in the forums can send emails to podcast at sutech.info. Yes. yes, that's correct. Good that work. was from memory. The old noodle. And, you know, uh, find it, follow, follow us on Twitter. Retweet. And retweet it to your friends. Show them to. Yes. Them. Show them. Show Look, we too. know a couple of cool guys. Unfortunately, None of them are us. Morgan and Al aren't on the podcast this week. Yeah. Instead, it's Finn and Harvey. But you can listen to them, too. It's true. Uh, so yeah, please just write in if you've got suggestions on how we can improve our stuff. If you've got stuff you want us to talk about, you want to complain, if you want to review us, then you know we might we might review your review a bit of a review squared, if you will. Yeah, if your review is really good, that'll definitely be as funny if I do it again. I think it's true. It, it can only it can only get better. I think. Oh yeah, well, I, my first review of the review suffered a little bit from being a bit. Not meta enough. No. I think I could do a um, 
review of both Marissa's review and the following one interspersed. In a comparison. No, not in a comparison. No, not in a comparison. Just at the same time. Mm. Like and then we let the, the audience shuffle them together with the all this intertextuality. Yeah, it'll be the what's most going on. It'll be the most postmodern review ever. Oh god, I'm, I feel sick already. As do I, but yes. I like I like it this way. And so yeah, I don't think we really have anything else to talk about today. So until next time. Wee wee wee.